you prepared this time? I'm you put some effort into this prepared. one, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Previously on The Picture Show. You know what? I'm going to say it. I don't like this movie. Get out of my house. I like this movie. Get out of my house. But how will I master the Avatar state and defeat the Fire Lord? We're going to talk about it in a little bit. My name's Phil. And I'm Austin. And this is The Picture Show. We are doing something a little bit different, a little off the beaten path for this episode of The Picture Show. We are not talking about a movie. We're talking about Avatar. The Last Airbender. Make sure yes. we... Okay, yes. uh, a very important distinction. There are no blue people No in blue this people, show. Uh, except for the blue spirit. I, yeah, I guess blue that mask. counts. Blue mask, yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, the Water Tribe, they wear blue. Yeah. Okay, so there I, are kind of blue people in here. There aren't blue-skinned people. We are not talking about Dances with Smurfs, the James Cameron epic. We are talking about Avatar The Last Airbender... Austin, um, it, usually you and I take turns bringing a movie to the table yeah. uh, uh, to discuss. Uh, this one we kind of landed on together because I just finished it up today for the first time ever, made it through the entire series. Austin, what's your history with this? Uh, I've grown up with this show. I watched it as a kid on yep. Nickelodeon and... We got our cable taken away actually right before the show ended. So I didn't see the third season until a few years ago. Uh, it was the first time it was on Netflix because Avatar came back onto Netflix. Right. Like three months ago, and I think. That's, well, uh, the first time it was on Netflix is when I saw it, but I never finished it before it, before it left. So okay. I've been probably 10 years without... Uh, without seeing the resolution of this, they've done a whole <laughs> other spin-off show that I haven't seen. Um, and somehow I managed to remain unspoiled. I'm so excited that I actually finished the series 15 years after it came out. 15 years without a spoiler. Without somebody spoiling the end. I mean, it's not a huge leap to, uh, to where it was going to land, but to not have any of the details spoiled. I was I was pleasantly surprised that I was able Still, to. Still, that's, that's a good accomplishment. Like, think about if someone didn't know Darth Vader, like, the iconic ending of that story. Sure, like, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's hard to... It's, it's hard to avoid spoilers for things that are coming out today, much less things that came out... You know what I mean? Like, a yeah. movie comes out today... Uh, a TV show, the internet is talking about it like constantly. You are expected to sort of keep up with things now. So for me to go 15 years, I'm a little proud of myself here. It's a it's a big accomplishment. But <laughs> yes, I'm, yes, thank you, thank you, everybody. Uh, I I I don't know. I just never gave up hope. Um, <laughs> like, um, okay, but uh, uh, let's get into this. Where where do you want to start? This is a three season show, 66 episodes yes. of this show. Um, There's uh, a lot to unpack. It's a huge story. Where, where do you want to start with it? 
That's a really t tough question, but uh, I'm going to go with world building because Avatar just has such an amazing world. Okay. I, I agree with you uh, for sure. Uh, let, where, what exactly do you want to talk about with the world building? Uh, just benders in general. Um, the, the fact that they build in a lot of uh, personal history of each of the, the worlds, uh, Aang's personal history, family histories. I mean, uh, there's so we, much. <laughs> we, we can start with the magic system because that's pretty cool. Okay, the bending the the elements and the bending yeah okay yeah uh, uh it is based on the idea that you know the four elements the earth water fire air uh earth water fire fire air. <laughs> like, um that that they are there are people who can control them who can manipulate them and that they essentially form warriors for each 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 element sort of has their own nations nation yeah. states and and that they there's almost a philosophy and a religion built around them. There's almost a, uh, there are armies built around them. It's a very interesting way to, to wrap magic into, into this world where it's not just wizards that have it. These are elemental people kind of. Yeah. Uh, I think the really cool thing that Avatar did was they really, gave each uh, nation their own personality and right. their own way that they treat the magic that they use. And that comes with its own advantages and certain disadvantages. Like the uh, the water tribe. They're very separated because they're two separate tribes. Right. Um, and there's a lot of, like, sexism. There's... There's a lot of old world kind of uh, separation. Uh, old world traditions... Good yeah. and bad, you they, know. They're a little more primitive than the other nations. A little bit. Um, yeah, because they aren't members of like an urban kind of society. Like you go to the Earth Kingdoms and those are big cities. Yeah, uh, they have metropolis. Right. Uh, the Fire Nation, I always feel like, is supposed to be um, sort, of, uh, sort of akin to like Japan. And how Japan was a, a closed society, you know, for, for a long time. And yeah. then, like, at a certain point, they started to try to come out into the world. But to control the way they came out into the world. Yeah, the Fire Nation is made up of... Uh, it, it mimics a lot of imperialist countries right. from the real world. Yes. Uh, they talk about the colonies. Oh, the Fire Nation colonies. Yeah. The Fire Nation has occupied uh, the big Earth Kingdom city, Ba Sing Se. Yeah, Ba Sing Se. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I appreciate that aspect of it, that they sort of, they don't really like lay it on as like, this is what earthbending is. This is what waterbending is. You just sort of, by watching the story, you sort of come to understand what bending is. And how each each nation sort of manipulates what they're able to bend. Yeah, I think the way the show portrays it's um, it sort of teaches us as we go. Right. Like uh, we're introduced to the elements pretty early on, but then as we go throughout the series, there are sub elements like lightning or um, swamp bending stuff like that. Right. Uh, uh... Toph learns to bend metal. 
because metal comes from the earth. It's it's mined, it's minerals, and yeah. it, it all comes from the earth. And, and they sort of figure out, they can do all these other things uh, that are just outside of the base element. Um, I want to talk a little bit about how um, like family histories played in, because there is a lot of flashback in here, and I think it does play into the world building. Um, okay. You, you get into like, Whose specific family history? Well, I mean, you have uh, uh, the the big one that comes up later is Zuko's family history. That he is descendant of both an Avatar and a Fire Lord that ended up on opposite sides. That's largely a flashback episode. Yeah. Uh, and one of the great episodes, I think. I it's one of my favorites. It's it's really great. Uh, but that establishes so much of the world as far as where the Fire Nation sort of took a detour from being in harmony with the other nations. You know what I mean? That yeah. that there was this split, and it that it came from like two friends. It's very it's very Star Wars. It's very uh, Anakin Obi Wan. Kind of mm-hmm. of branching off these. This newer generation is gonna fix the mistakes of the past. Kind of, yeah. Um, it's it's a good origin story without feeling like we. Ju- I mean, it is basically an exposition dump, and and it is origins that maybe they don't need, uh, but it informs Zuko's character so much. Like it is, uh, him. It's when uh, his uncle tells him. You're of both sides. You're of two sides. You're you're a you're a con- conflicted. Like we already yeah. know he's conflicted, but he's saying this is why you're conflicted. You have your ancestors are sort of pulling you in separate directions. There's so much more to this story that Zuko didn't realize. Right, and and I just I love that part of it. I love all the um. There's sort of like a little mythology that plays into every little town they go to. You know. They there's a lot of like monster of the week stuff in this show as yeah. they go to, from village to village and they learn sort of, oh, this is what it's like in this village. And this is the legend that goes along with this. And this is the thing we have to conquer. Yeah. And it all plays into the plot and it plays into the overall plot like really, really well. When you compare uh, something like Kiyoshi's village where we get there episode four, it's this tiny little Earth Kingdom village. Right. If you compare that to Ba Sing Se, which is just a massive city. Right. Um, or even Ba Sing Se, what was the other? There was another Earth King the, There was city. The, the first Earth King Kingdom city that they went Omashu. to. Where, right, where his old friend was. Umi, yeah. Umi, yeah. Um, uh, the thing I love about that, it's just this tiny little detail, but Bumi is a king. Right. He calls himself the Earth King, but then there's also an Earth King in Ba Sing Se. And yes. That really illustrates to me how uh, big the Earth Kingdom is. Like, they're very separated. They're not a unified nation, whereas uh, the Fire Nation is. Well, you see that too in the um, the air temples. There's an Eastern and a Western air temple. There's a, a Northern and a Southern water tribe. The, the Fire Kingdom seems to be the only like centralized hub, but even they're colonizing or wiping out these other civilizations. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that there's more than one king, uh, that puts um, 
I want to diverge from world building a little bit. I know you don't watch this, but I have to wonder about uh, the influence that this took from and the influence that this had on Game of Thrones. Um, all right. I, I mean, first of all, Avatar The Last Airbender contains massive amounts of full frontal nudity. So we all know I mean, this. clearly it is a direct. Uh, this is not a show for children. <laughs> absolutely not. Don't let the Nickelodeon uh, logo at the beginning fool you. No, um, there is a lot of similar world building. There is a lot of reflections. The books were coming out before this. I don't know how many books actually had come out before this series came. Okay. But the the Game of Thrones TV series had not started yet. Um, uh, first of all, it diverges greatly from the book series in that there is an ending to this series. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a big improvement. It's <laughs> a huge improvement. But there is a lot about power struggles in here. There is a lot about uh, kids going on a journey to become a warrior. That's a that's a storyline in Game of Thrones. I'm not going to stay on this too long because I know you, you you're not into the Game of Thrones world. I just these are things I notice as I'm watching. I I think it's an interesting comparison to make because I haven't seen Game of Thrones, but from what I gather, it's a very political. It's about the politics it's far more, of war. It's far more political than than this is an action show. Game of Thrones. Has fantasy, sword and sorcery action, but it is largely a a show about the politics of of monarchies. You know, yeah. Um, but but I also think this show, uh, I think Avatar is about the politics. It totally of is, um, and 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 that's in here. There's you know talk about the the split in the Earth Kingdom. You know there is yeah. there and and at certain points in Game of Thrones there are multiple kings, but there's one main kingdom where sort of that king is looking at everybody else as traitors. Every other king who's breaking away and trying to form their own nations. Okay. Um, the the sort of tainted bloodline, the the tyrannical bloodline uh, historically in Game of Thrones is the Targaryens who are descended from. They're said to be descendant from dragons, and they had they controlled dragons. Oh, Here okay. the and, and and the big question throughout Game of Thrones is um, are the Targaryens redeemable? Is it possible to have a just Targaryen? You know, because they're just sort of said to be crazy people with this tyrannical weapon of dragons. And that's essentially the Fire Nation. You know, we come to find out that uh, the original Fire Masters in Avatar are a pair of dragons. Um, and, and that that is... And, the question that's also running throughout Avatar is, is the Fire Nation redeemable? Are they just inherently bad or do they have bad leadership? So are you saying that the dragon lady from Game of Thrones, I forget her name. Uh, Daenerys. Daenerys. Is the last Targaryen. Yeah. Kind Daenerys of. Daenerys is Zuko then. Kind of. Yes. Um, but not quite because it's almost a flip. Like Zuko is... Okay, spoilers for Game of Thrones. Anybody not caught up uh, before I get into it? Um, Zuko is bad the majority of this, but hinting at that he has good coming through. Daenerys is sort of a... She is a victim. Uh, she 
stands for justice. She marches in the name of justice. She builds an army in the name of justice and freeing slaves and being good. But you see the tyranny starting to peek through the further she goes into okay. it. Um, and by the end, uh, it's very debatable. Did they... I say it was forecast long before. Other people say, no, they made her the bad guy out of nowhere. It's very clunky storytelling at the end of the show. Um, but I, it just makes me wonder, did the books have influence on the creators of this show? And then maybe, is it possible they made this show and the creators of the Game of Thrones TV series <laughs> took some elements from this? I mean, it's all from source material. And we're talking about fantasy tropes that none of which are wholly original anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, All of this is coming from real real world it, history. It, there's a lot of uh, uh, Hero's Journey, Joseph Campbell kind of stuff in here. And a lot of fantasy tropes in here anyway. But it just, uh, these parallels struck me as I was watching the series. Uh, partly because I'm in the middle of reading the, the Game of Thrones books. Yeah. I was a big fan of the show. So... Clearly, like, that's going to mirror in the same way, like, the Jedi kind of stuff of this world. I'm a huge original trilogy Star Wars fan. So, of course, a lot of that stuff came through as well. When you say the Jedi stuff, do you mean the spiritual aspect of bending? There is a spiritual aspect and the fact that not everybody is a bender, um, but people are trainable in the same way, like, in the Star Wars universe. Like, you, if you sort of have the gift... Uh, where you're tapped into the force, you're force sensitive, you can be trained to be a Jedi. Okay, yeah. You know? I, I actually really like that not everyone in Avatar is a bender. Same. Uh, it, it gave Sokka some really great storylines. Um, uh, Sokka's Master. Sokka's Master. One of the best episodes. I have that listed in one of my best, uh, one of my favorite episodes as well, um, where he feels left out. A lot of times he's just joking about it. But yeah. Um, in that one, he really does sort of get down that he, everybody's helping in this emergency that requires bending, requires magic. And he is yeah. unable to do anything but watch the pets. <laughs> he's um, just sort of a cheerleader. He's kind side. of like, okay, let's go over on the side here. Um, do we want to talk about favorite episodes or, um, did you want to go somewhere else? Uh, let's get into characters first. Okay. Because I think a lot of the best episodes of this show are due to the character development that takes place. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I think without liking the characters of this show, this show doesn't work. This show has no impact. You know what I mean? Like, if, mm -hmm. if I don't care about who I'm watching, this is just another kid's show. But I... I this show really resonated with me because I loved all of the characters on here. All of them. All of them for for sure. The, there's no character that I can be like I don't like you. Even the villains are compelling. Like yeah, uh, it, it, Azula is she's compelling to watch and she's interesting. She's there are so many <laughs> Azula fans. Uh, I'm no, she... I'm very deep in the Avatar <laughs> fandom, and so many people are like she's just a 14 year old girl. It's this really tragic story of her losing her sanity. She's like Veruca Salt with real power. Uh, 
I don't know who that is. Uh, sure. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, the, okay. I want it now. I want a new Loompa, Daddy. Like, she is. Uh, yeah, that's that's her. But she has an army behind her, and she has these deadly abilities, and uh, still no foresight in how to use it. No consequence. Is, no. It's what makes no her anything. dangerous. Uh, really, what? Uh, well, let's let's jump into Azula here because I mean it. By the end of it, when her friends betray her, uh, Daria and um, <laughs> um, Tylee, Tylee, uh, when when they defy her, it's the first time she's really had consequence. Uh, yeah. Zuko being against her, she's been asking for that for her whole life. She's been tormenting this kid. She knows he's gonna not like her. You know? Yeah, they're rivals <clears throat> um, because they're siblings. But <clears throat> ultimately, May and Ty Lee, they were controlled by Azula through fear. Right. So when that finally broke, it was like her last tipping point. For sure. Um, it, it's a, it, it gives a really compelling story to actually the trio of them, but really to Azula. Because to, that's really when she starts to unravel. By that last episode where she is just gone mad oh it's the best it's it is really really compelling to watch and really interesting she becomes a really interesting character where it would have been easy to just have her be this flat one note villain just straight up this is the bad guy and that's who cares at that point but this is somebody who we have really come to enjoy watching for two seasons i agree um who's your who's your favorite who's your favorite character of the show or who do you think is the most important character of the show uh that's that's a really hard question but i think ultimately uh the most important character of the show is zuko a lot of people say ang but i think that's wrong because zuko is the one who turns the tide of the war he switches sides. He teaches Aang how to defeat his father. Right. He's the key to it all. He is the key to it all, and he's also the one with the biggest character arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aang, Sokka, the, the core group, they grow as warriors, and they grow as people, but they their goals are the same all the way through. They are essentially who they are as people. They grow a little bit. They yeah. mature. But Zuko is the one who really questions who he is throughout the entirety of the show. For three seasons, he is he is really torn about who he is and what nation he belongs to. Yeah, I there's like not a single episode in this show until the last season where he's just being himself, where he's just happy. Like, all the time, this whole show is just the story of him questioning everything he does. Right. Even uh, there are there are points when him and his uncle are living very peacefully and sort of settling into whatever their new life is and accepting it. Yeah. And he is torn about that. You know, something always pulls him away from that. You know, he go. You know, when they're settling into the tea shop, and he comes to realize that if he takes the avatar, you know, if he stumbles across the avatar. Oh, I can get back into the the Fire Nation. Yeah. You know, I can get I can be, get a position of power again. E- even though he knows this is a rabbit chase, even though he knows it's this fruitless uh, thing that 
he can't actually obtain the avatar. It's a it's a, a snipe hunt basically. But yeah, yeah, um, and that he doesn't even really want that. You know, he he sort of comes to accept like, oh yeah, I don't really belong in the Fire Nation. But then he's like, oh, but I do because I'm the prince. Because yeah. the Fire Lord is my dad. This is a destiny his dad has picked out for him. I mean, and that's essentially uh, almost like a commentary on, like, the monarchy. Like, you don't have a choice. This is what, yeah. you know, whether or not you want to or not. Um, which is interesting that at the end he does, he does take the throne. And, you know, he takes it for good. He's sort of turning the, the tide back. Yeah. Uh, he becomes the Fire Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, he... His key, he's the key to moving the Fire Nation forward. Right. His his destiny is to take the throne of the Fire Nation. Uh, but he doesn't, I mean, in the same way, like his his uncle says, I thought my destiny was to take Ba Sing Se. My destiny is to liberate Ba Sing Se. You know, I've come to realize that, that that's what it is. To, not to overthrow the Earth Kingdom to overthrow the Fire Lord who has taken over this Earth, or the Fire Nation that has taken over. And he's a sort of the same way, not to just be handed the throne, but to fight for the throne and and turn the Fire Nation the direction that it's going. Yeah, he he has to earn it. And I don't want to I don't want to get into the comics or the extended universe too much here, because that's a whole nother. What about part. my fan fiction? Will you read it? Uh, yes, just send me a link. <laughs> but, <laughs> ultimately, uh, in the comics, they really expand the world building, and most of the story, most of the storyline in the comics is about them rebuilding the world that's been damaged by the Fire Nation. There's right. this big uh, storyline about what to do with the colonies that the Fire Nation took over, because they used to be Earth Kingdom. But then they were Fire Nation, and so there's this weird mix of, there's like generations that have been born in this city that uh, they don't know the Earth Kingdom. Right, culturally it's it's still a Fire Nation it's kind this, of, yes. It's this big mix, it's like America. So uh, in this comic, they want the Fire Nation to pull out, and Zuko says no. Because he knows that if he does, it's going to be a disaster. And instead, what he does is they create sort of like this neutral zone where uh, they call it Central City. And it's a place for all nations. And it's this big cultural hub, kind of like New York. And that turns into the main setting for Legend of Korra. We don't need to get into that, but... Haven't seen it yet. Ultimately, yeah. Uh, Zuko does a lot for the world. Okay. Uh, that's interesting that it sort of focuses on that. Uh, it, um, it's sort of the Mandalorian, which, hey, Mandalorian connection here. Uh, the the bounty hunter on the crazy mole, the, the giant mole. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's June? like, yeah, she's in a bar uh, fighting people just like Gina Carano in uh, in the Mandalorian. She, it's definitely an archetype. It, it, for sure. Um, but uh, the Mandalorian deals with it takes place right after Return of the Jedi, and that world. Uh, we talked about this. I was on uh, Zeng this shout out to Zenger and Ellie, uh, and we talked about the Mandalorian and what was so cool about the world building of that is it takes place in a world after the Empire has fallen. So there's like 
you know, local economies that are decimated. There's out of work stormtroopers. Everything looks beat up and yeah. and trashed. Uh, so it's really interesting that that's what they did with the extended universe of Avatar is to sort of explore what's the world look like now that the Fire Nation is not this this army that's out stomping on the world. Yeah, I think that's a really cool world building. I don't want to call it a technique, but it's sort of like... It's an exploration. A, yeah. Sure. It's a play area. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I had I had Zuko as uh, as probably the most... I think he was the most important character in terms of uh, character building. Aang is probably a close second just because Aang is... Um, Aang is, like I said, in terms of personality, he is who he is through the entirety of the show. Yeah. But uh, just his journey to become the Avatar, to master the Avatar state, to open his chakras, to to train with with all the four nations. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he travels the world to find all these people. Yeah, he, he has a base personality, but he he comes to realize himself and his full capabilities right. throughout he, the show. He makes mistakes. He does what he's he does what a character should do. Yeah. He's not some Mary Sue that's perfect at everything. He makes mistakes along the way. He learns his limitations. He he goes into the avatar state in a full rage like it and it's like scary, you know? Yeah, like he, um, he actually has a lot of anger issues. And he well, he's also a child. I I like that <laughs> I like that the avatar is frozen in time and he's not a 100-year-old man in a child's body. He is like 10 years old. Yeah. And, and you know, as much as they portray them as adults who are capable of of traveling the world by themselves, uh, mm-hmm. which is part of it being a kid's show, but it's also a real interesting angle on it. Uh, he he's a, he's a kid. He goes to the Fire Nation. He wants to go to school because he's playing with other kids. They're very unfocused. Yeah, right. And, and very having to learn adult things like discipline having to learn how to control his emotions and having to learn how to decide between what he wants to do and what he needs to do yeah i agree with that i think um one other character who ultimately all of the main characters are important in some way to the group dynamic but i think one of the most important ones is sokka Mm -hmm. because he is both the show's humor which keeps it... Uh, He's the best comic relief character of all time, I think. I, I really think he is spectacular. He keeps this show from getting too dark, but he also keeps the entire group. He's the leader. He's... I wouldn't call him the leader, but he's sort of the glue of the group. I think he is the thing. He's the morale. He's kind of the soul of the group. Yeah. I would almost put Katara as the leader. I, I can see that. I see her more as a mother figure. But that she she leads them. She is the responsible one. She is sort of the one who keeps them on track. Every once in a while, it flips back and forth between her and Sokka. And one time he even calls it out. He's like, uh, he says something like, I don't want to be the wet blanket here, but Katara's busy. And so he, yeah. he becomes the guy who tells them all they need to stop playing and, and get back on the road. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that it could probably go either way. I tend to see Katara as sort of the responsible one, the, the group's the group's leader. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. Because they all kind of don't work on their own. Yeah. They all kind of are the, the group core. dynamic. Yeah. I think since we're on the topic of Katara, Jesus, Katara. Jesus, Katara? <laughs> I didn't catch that metaphor at all. No, I, I couldn't say the word, but Katara. A lot of people I found out recently don't like her character. I think Katara's great. I do too, but I... there's this running joke within the fandom that Katara, all she does is mention her mother. And she does mention She's her mother. She's a child a lot. who lost her mother. Yeah. That's exactly it. Right. She is dealing with this loss and she's become a mom to the group. And that that's it. She's had to become an adult before her time. Exactly. And I think that's why I see her as the leader. Um a little bit more because I feel like she mothered Sokka, you know, she not terribly. She's not terribly older than Sokka, but I feel like she took the responsibility a little more than he did. Probably because he's always joking around. Yeah. You know. He's and he's also like, oh, I've got to be the man. I've got to be the warrior he, for the tribe. Right. Um, which with the uh, Kiyoshi warriors is great. When he... Oh, such a good episode. When he's just getting his ass handed to him constantly. <laughs> um, but, no, I think um, <clears throat> the thing I saw, and it wasn't so much a critique. Um, I think it was Kate Leth, uh, illustrator, comics illustrator Kate Leth on Twitter was talking about she was rewatching this too and she was like she goes i know they're both kids but when i see the romance she goes between ang and katara all i think is for god's sake you're his babysitter like that that katara is more responsible she's a little bit older than ang and that it is sort of a babysitter kid dynamic and she she was like she was I think it was tongue in cheek, but she was also like, eh, not like, oh, this is problematic. We should cancel no. Avatar. But it was just sort of like, it skeeves you out. I get that, but also like, I, I keep in mind like, this is a kid show, yeah, and this is what like a kid's romance is. I I think it is a cute romance, but I do agree I think that there's yeah. uh, she's a lot more in charge than he is, right? It um, creates this weird dynamic. There's actually. Um, I'm not huge into classic art, but there's, uh, a painting of Mary holding Jesus's body. Uh, mm -hmm. it's like this famous painting sure. and apparently there's a shot in the show that mimics that exactly with Katara holding Aang's body. I would be surprised if there was not a lot of famous art references that I, I'm not an art scholar you know what I mean? Like, I'm an artist, but I don't... Yeah. I, I, I'm not studied. Uh, I would be surprised if there were not a lot of uh, famous art references somewhere stashed in into this show. The art of the show is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, all the way through. There's so many dynamic shots in this. Shots... The way they... It's animated... Um, Let's let's circle back around to this because we're on character right now. Okay. I, I I don't want to get sidetracked from characters, but I do have it in my notes that I want to talk about the art in okay. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I have Sokka as uh, uh, the best comic relief character probably ever. Um, I'd, I'd I, say that's true. I don't like as much when they're like, oh, Sokka's the joke guy. I just like when he's reacting to things and being funny not when he's trying to make a joke but when he's like just being Sokka and he does something hilarious like um 
Zuko's trying to train Aang, so he attacks him with firebending. Yeah. And he ruins Sokka's sand sculpture, and nobody's one knows what's going on, and he goes, uh, Zuko ruined my sand sculpture. Oh, also, he's attacking Aang. Like, that is the funniest thing. Like, it's so good. Uh, Boomerang, you always come back. Uh, these kind of, like, little one-liners that he's not... He's not saying, hey, check this joke out. He's just being Sokka. And, and it it's hilarious. It's natural. It's all just flowing. Like, this is the goofy character that we need in the show to keep everything light. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if some of his lines are improv. It could be. It could be. Um, it, it's all just so, uh, so much fun. And they still make him, like, a capable fighter. He's not a... A bender. He doesn't keep up in that way, but he, you know, um, we'll get to it. The Sokka's master thing, like he becomes a swordsman. He becomes a warrior. He he goes to war with his dad and and the water tribe when he they catch up with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and he creates a strategy. Uh, he makes command decisions. He, they show him as a capable person. He's not just a clown. He's not C three PO. You know, he's He's funny as a character, and he's also a capable and compelling character. He's, he's a fully dimensional he's, character. Exactly. He's he's you're not just oh because he's funny he can't be a good warrior too. Yeah. Or because he's a warrior he can't have a sense of humor. They let him they let him be all of that without being magic and without being perfect. You know, like it's great. Yeah, I've I've actually heard some people. There's a running joke that if Sokka was a bender, the show would be over in five minutes. Like, he's just so good at everything that they had to make him a non-bender. Yeah, but, yeah possibly, just to take the take the wind out of him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's pretty lazy, too. So that is true. He'd, he'd take a good. long nap before. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to it. Um <laughs> Uh, and Iroh is the last character I have written down here. And I think Iroh is just the heart of the series. Played by Mako, famous character actor. Mako has been in everything. So many things. Uh, Conan the Barbarian, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, he's, Samurai Jack. Uh, Samurai Jack, yes. Uh, another another gorgeous animated show. Let me pull that up. But I, um, man, I love Iroh. He's just, he's so chill he's constant he's um he's the jiminy cricket of zuko he's the con he's his conscious yeah he's trying to keep him what i i love about his character in that he's zuko's mentor but he doesn't tell zuko what to do he tries to show him this path yeah but he he leaves it up to zuko to find it or to not find it to, to the extent that he goes to jail for Zuko. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and their arc together. By the way, I, I know Mako died during the, the production of this. So he didn't finish up the season. I really missed his voice. I could really tell at the end. I Season three is hard to get through for me. But it's not that. hard to get through. It's still great. The character is still great. But it's like watching the Muppets after Jim Henson died. Like, everything... Just doesn't sound quite right. I've missed Mako's acting. Uh, he he was great in the role, um, but it's yeah, he's he's just so good. That arc 
again, you need you need them both. You need Zuko and Iroh. Yeah. Zuko's think... great as part of the, the Avatar group, but him and Iroh as just that dynamic is so heartwarming and it's so good to watch. I think Iroh is the spiritual heart of the show. He really teaches For sure. Uh, and he doesn't just teach Zuko. He also, uh, he has a run-in with Toph. And yeah. he he talks to Katara and gives he, Aang advice. He, he meets all of them and he's nice to them. And, and, you know, he's just this friendly old man who was also a very feared warrior in his day. Like, that's that's what I think is really interesting about him. Yeah, they don't shy away from the fact that Iroh kind of is a war criminal he has like a really bad past i think that's part of what makes who he becomes so impactful you can tell like he regrets what he's done he's he he, uh he's not proud of of overtaking bossing say back in the day and being this warrior for for what the fire nation has become and that yeah. he's kind of trying to set it right and trying to find some peace in in his later days. He his um he sort of struggled with what a lot of the Fire Nation royals struggled with and when his son died that pushed him far enough to realize the mistakes in their ways. And so now his goal is to convince Zuko of the same thing. Right. Right. But without that loss. It, without him going down the same bad path or or ending up where his son ended up. By the way, uh, Tales of Bossing say, not my favorite episode, but his segment in it is unbelievably great. Yeah, I people always call it the best episode of Avatar. And I think just because it's a clip show, I can't. I like story structure too much. It's not a clip show. A clip show would be if they took clips of all the episodes that had come before that it's a it's a wholly original episode okay so would you call this like a mini it's an anthology anthology. i I would call it an anthology episode everybody there's what like four little stories in it yeah i rose is by far the best uh his is just i think the most impactful i think it's the most fun and also the most sad it's Uh, it's got a lot of everything and, and it's just iroh sort of portrayed in his most pure form like he's being mugged and he helps he gives the guy pointers on how to mug somebody more if he's like well you're holding the knife all wrong like with that stance he's like look i can knock you right over it's just but he's he's not doing it to train a criminal he's just trying to be a helpful old man like it's just i don't know it's it's funny and it's sweet and it's sad when he he's paying tribute to his dead son yeah i think just Iroh is such a good character. He's great. I I, I love him. I love Mako uh, voicing him. One one thing about Iroh is his connection to the spirit world. They sort of hint at it, but he he trained with the dragons, right. and he is so in tune with the spirits that in the first season, uh, Aang he flies past in the Avatar state. Or in the spirit world, and Iroh sees him, like he oh, notices I, I him when that. no one else yeah. does, because he's so in tune with the spirits right. that he can see the spirit world. I get that—that that he's a little bit enlightened, you know. Um, and I would think that it's just sort of like uh, 
all the benders have to have some foot in the spirit world, I would think. It's almost like a given that you have to be in touch with the world around you. I think on, so. On some higher level. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's what I have for for main characters. Are there any other main characters you want to talk about? Uh, I'm trying to think. We've kind of hit the core I, I do want to say I love Toph specifically because she doesn't have a character arc. She is sturdy. She does learn to uh, sort of accept her parents. That's kind of like the one thing yeah. that changes. But ultimately, she's like a rock. And she learns to be part of the team a little bit more. She's a very... I remember there's, a, there's an early episode where she's not helping out around the camp. You know, it's a very like... Yeah. By the numbers episode, but she does sort of learn to be a little less independent and more of a team player. Uh, she is a rich kid. She's a she's a a wealthy. She's like, a bit spoiled, right? And she sort of comes down to earth a little bit. Um, but yeah, she's sassy. You know, she's got a little nickname yeah. for everybody. Twinkle toes. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I like Toph a lot. She's she's a lot of fun. Uh, do you have any favorite side characters? Any like people they met along the way, or, or, are there for part of the journey um, or anything like that? Just not part of the core. Yeah, I know. think Suki is really great. Suki's good. Yeah, her and the Kyoshi Warriors, and I also think Jet is a great character. Jet's an interesting character. I just found him ultimately. He's he's a well written character, um, in that you understand his motivation, but I I just didn't connect with Jet a whole lot. I got what he was doing. He's I, like a more militant Robin Hood kind of thing. But yeah, uh, I I see him as sort of Sokka, if he Sokka or Katara, if they had taken uh, what war had done to them and right gotten angry with it right. Which Katara almost did. That's true. Uh, near the end, uh, I had the the nomads. Um, they they were just. I mean, that's one of my favorite. The the cave of two lovers, the the oh, hippie yeah. nomads who sort of show up and they're like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" They're singing as they they travel around. I thought they were just hilarious. The secret tunnel guy is uh, the best, and it just super super cool, chill hippies. Um, I also like the boulder. The boulder, uh, played by actual pro wrestler Mick Foley. Um, he's, <laughs> uh, I, I just think the boulder is great when he shows up at the end for the invasion. He's like, the boulder is confused. Like he's still talking like a yes. pro wrestler. <laughs> I, I think uh, since they're making a live action TV show, Hold on. Avatar, We're, we are gonna get I, to this. I just want to say, fan casting The Rock. As the boulder. I uh, I didn't go that far, but I do have my fan cast uh, uh, list over here. Oh boy! Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna play a game a little bit later. All right. Um, but yeah, I have I have the nomads. I have the boulder and Guru Pathik, uh, the guy who shows Aang how to unlock his chakras. I j- and and also helps Appa uh, find his way back home. Uh, yeah. He's one of the people that Appa meets when he's lost. That kind of gets him back i just think he's just such a cool guru guy who just yeah. sort of is sitting around waiting for the avatar to come back you know he's he's sort of like the knight in the last good indiana jones movie who's just 
protecting the grail kind of thing. He's sort of a keeper of the old ways. Yeah, he's a spiritual man who has a mission. Yeah. And he knows his role in this story is small, but he's going to live out his life waiting for the Avatar to come and he so play, that he can help. He, right. He plays this really interesting role in Aang when we talk about him being a, a, a child and having to make an adult decision of, well, here's what I want, and it's Katara. And he's like, you have to let that go. Yes. you know. And it is this sort of like, I mean, it's it's a very Eastern religion thing to you know, be free of attachment and things like that. And, and, and this, this show is actually like pretty by the numbers, like, you know, baby's first Buddhism kind of thing. Like it has so many good there, lessons for kids. There's a lot of, of, of great Eastern philosophy stuff in here. Um, but that, that part where he is teaching Aang, he's like, I know it's hard to let go. That's, that's why everybody can't unlock all these chakras. Yeah. And it, it really is like, he plays this really important role of trying to teach Aang, you're the avatar. You don't get to have what you want, um, kind of thing. Uh, you have to be. You have to take a very grown-up responsibility. I'm sorry, you're a child. Um, it's it's really a. It's kind of a gut-wrenching kind of thing. I I think it's interesting that you picked him out because he is a great character, but I just don't think about him very much. Like he's part of that one specific episode, and I think like... he's only in like two episodes. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, he really stood out to me because he was such a... I mean, it, it, you look at the entirety of of Star Wars, uh, not prequels, origi- original trilogy. Yeah. Yoda is in that thing for maybe 20 minutes out of three movies. It, Yoda's one of my favorite characters of all time. I have a Yoda <laughs> Kenner action figure over there. I mean, it's just like... Uh, uh, out of all my original Star Wars toys, that's the one I held on to is and, is the Yoda one. And he's a spiritual. He guy. is. A, he's a spiritual like... mentor. He's very important in the journey. And and in this same kind of way, like this guy who's not in this very much, actually, I think played a really interesting, maybe not pivotal, but a very interesting role in in Ang's development. Okay. Uh, since we're on the topic of gurus. Let's talk about Aang's father figure, um, Monk Gyatso. Okay. Because he, he's only in a few flashback scenes. Right. But from what I can tell, he really cares about Aang. And right. he's taught him so many of the ideals, like um, even just the basic don't kill that comes into play in the last, uh, in the finale. He sort of instilled that in Aang and told Aang to still be a kid and was very protective of Aang when the the air nomads they kind of wanted to train Aang to protect them right they wanted to train him they wanted to start him on his road to being an avatar when he was still a child and his his mentor was like no he's a kid let him be a kid you know he played games with him he he's let him ready. play with the other children and uh ultimately all of that is super important because that's what ends up you know he runs away he gets frozen in the ice those kind of yeah uh things but yeah it is really interesting that he has kind of a series of mentors through this whole show from his own time forward you know starting at that time when he was young with the monks he's always talking about the monks taught me this the monks taught me that you know, I'm a vegetarian because the monks taught me about 
how sacred life is. Meanwhile, yeah. this show has the biggest body count I have ever seen. Aang is a murderer. Aang would not kill one man, but they downed an entire fleet of airships full of people. Like, okay, but... Um, no, no one wants to tell him. They're too afraid. He still thinks he's innocent. Well, I didn't kill that one man. Well, good job, Aang. Um, but, uh, yeah, as they go through uh, the Earth Kingdom... Uh, he meets his, his old friend that they used to go sledding with, yeah, Boomy. Boomy. Uh, and Boomy is now a crazy old man, but also gives him some advice. Everybody helps him along the way. Everybody is some sort of mentor to him. Yeah, uh, the White Lotus, they're a big yes, a big help to Aang. The White Lotus, I loved how it came back at the end. Um, when they go, yes, we are the, we are the White Lotus. They go, we're a secret society. I'm like, boy, they shoehorn this in. He goes, we're the White Lotus. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) This thing's been building up the entire time. (laughs) It's it's really good. It really is great. They did not, they earned every payoff they had in the show. I think they, it was some, it, it was some seed planted earlier on. People, characters came back around. The swamp people came back around. Yeah, um, every aspect of this show is like perfectly planned. It was great. To a T. Yeah, and and all of those all of those um, mentors to Aang came back around too. The old Firebender, the the guy who first showed him firebending. Yeah, uh, the inventor, the the guys from the Air Temple that was modernized. You know those people who showed him. Yes, time moves forward. You know, like they everybody taught Aang. A little lesson that he needed to to be complete as as he went through the world. They helped fill in the picture. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good way to put it. Is is um, is dropping dropping that kind of mentor mentorship to him along the way. Yeah. Um, anything else on on the topic of characters or mentors or anything else? Uh, not really. Let's talk about favorite episodes. Okay, let's do it. Start. Uh, just however okay. you want to do it. You want to name one off and tell me what you like about it, or you want to go down a list, or or what? Uh, I should have probably made a list, but I have one in my okay, head. Okay, go ahead. Because I've seen this show. I'm sure so many we times. probably have some overlap here too. Uh, the Southern Raiders. <clears throat> Southern Raiders. Okay. It's a really good episode. Katara learns to forgive. Yep. Overall, just really great um i feel bad because i don't remember the name of this episode but it's the roku and sozin flashback episode uh that is oh i thought i had it written down it's like the the fire nation history the masters the original masters or original the great Masters. masters the great original masters original recipe I don't know. Uh, uh, let's talk about Southern Raiders real quick before we before we get off of that. Okay. Um, I I thought this was a, a a beautiful episode. It was a little scattered with all the the multiple flashbacks to Water Nation, you know. Uh, uh, but I it worked fine. By the end of it, it was I think really uh, really beautiful how. 
I was laughing at it because he was like, no, I, I killed your mother. You can kill my mother. And his mother's been shown to be like this total nag. <laughs> he hates his mom. He <laughs> wants her to do it. But um, also like the, she sort of, she makes like little water daggers kind of thing. Yeah. And aimed, and that is just a beautiful animation. And then, you know, Katara has a moment of clarity where she... She sort of moves on from it without taking out her aggression on him, and I think I think it's a I think it's a really profound episode. Yeah, I think my favorite part of that episode is when Katara attacks the old man. Um, she doesn't just attack him right away. We see from his point of view, he's this old man. He's shopping. Yes. He gets nagged at by his mom, and then he's stalked on his way home, right. and we feel him be scared, being afraid. Uh, you, you get a sense he's not unlike Iroh and that he's done some things in his military career and now he just wants to have like sort of a peaceful elderly life. Yeah. He's growing, he's growing things in his garden and living with his mother, you know, like he's living a simple life. He's, he's not a harm to anyone anymore. Right. Um, uh, the episode you were referencing is called The Firebending Masters. Okay. Uh, great episode. I agree. Um, the reveal of the dragons at the end is is pretty solid. Yes. Uh, and them giving uh, Aang and Zuko the key to firebending. And right. not being anger. It's the breath and it's the power you feel. Right. Right. Um, there's also a, a good part before they go meet them um, where... Uh, does Zuko say something like, uh, they have to carry the fire up? They have to carry, like, the original yeah, flame up? Yeah. And Zuko says something like, well, if we get in trouble, we can probably take them. And then they get there, and it's dragons flying around there, and Aang goes, still think we can take them? And he's like, all right, fine. You know, like... He goes, I didn't say that. We're, we're in trouble. Like, no, it is a, it's a really solid episode, I think. Yeah. Um, for me, I have the the Cave of Two Lovers. I think is a is a just beautiful episode. It's okay. I think it's very funny. I think the Ang and Katara uh, kind of it's it's a very cute little love story or a step in their love story. Yeah, and also the the legend that comes with it. It flashes back to this local legend of of these two uh, from different tribes. It's it's all in all, it's a it's a really hilarious. I mean the the nomad the hippie nomads uh, trip me out and and how yeah. how much they drive Sokka crazy. I think uh, Tunnel of Love. You said that's the name. Uh, Cave of Two Lovers. Cave of Two Lovers. I think uh, what's interesting about this episode because I agree it's a really great standalone episode, but it's mostly filler. It um, is, and. Most of the filler episodes in this story, there aren't a lot, but like uh, the Great Divide, right? Uh, they're just sort of basic. They're world building. I think they're filling in some of the Great Divide for sure is because it's a yeah. story of like an old Avatar. Yeah, yeah. But um, ultimately, like this episode doesn't do much to move our characters forward, but it's still it's got all the Avatar classics. It's a, people still. I, I think it's a. I just no. I I'm not saying in in terms of the overall story. You're right. It probably doesn't advance much. But I just like it as its own episode. It's its own story. 
Um, and it's just super entertaining to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that as a con. Right. Um, I like that. Uh, another one that's kind of standalone, uh, The Painted Lady, I think is, is really good. I think that helps define Katara is how much she cares mm-hmm. about people, uh, how far she's willing to go to help people. And I just, I, uh, again, local legend. It's, it's this builds on the mythology of this, this fake mythology of this fake place. Yeah. Um, and she becomes the painted lady. I think it's, I think it's really good. I, I think so too. One thing, uh, when I was rewatching Avatar, uh, a few months ago, I remembered this episode so clearly. Like, most of season three is kind of a blur to me, but this episode stood out in my mind, and I was, like, remembering every scene. And I think this episode is the start of, like, my green thumb. Like, my journey as an environmentalist. Well, like, you started this is where to it started. Uh, uh, care about pollution in the river and, and things like that. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, the Fire Nation. <laughs> Wait, we have that in real we life. We are the Fire Nation, yes. Um, that's interesting. Um, what else you got? I got it? Appa's Last Days. I think watching him, uh, you know, escape the circus... Uh, uh, go through his journey um, where he actually ends up very aggressive when the Kiyoshi warriors find him and he's yeah. he's like lashes out at him and they have to calm him down. I We kind of see how pampered Appa is. Right. Uh, uh, and how, how just brutally abused he is. You also see how strong he is like when yeah. he's, he's originally fighting. I just think it's a, it's a good episode and, and I, Appa's I mean Appa's a bison but he's, he's a fun character he's part of he's part of the group and i like to see him get his own episode um and then just a, a few real quick nightmares and daydreams i like because it's off the rails crazy when ang is sleep deprived and I, basically hallucinating see i honestly don't like that episode. it's not a i'm not gonna say it's a great episode i like how daring they get the jokes in there that he shows up to fight the fire lord without his pants yeah like he has those classic uh nightmares it's a silly episode but it's fun it is silly um uh uh Sokka wears his one disguise of the fake beard to be like the psychiatrist <laughs> uh Sokka's master i have written down there and uh the finale the finale episode i think all four parts are absolutely just gorgeous and a great great cap uh you you said something before we watched it. You go, well, you know, get ready. It's better than Infinity War. And Infinity War was just on TV before we came in to record. <laughs> um, Infinity War, in my opinion, not a bad movie. But for all the buildup, it didn't do much for me. Yeah. This one is a great cap to a great series, I think. I, I, I really, for an hour and a half, was just just into it. it it's it, it's a really solid episode it's it's a great climax to to everything that it had been building to it paid off is exactly as much as it was supposed to i i don't think there's any other way this show could have ended no so perfectly and that's what there's some fans who want a season four and i'm like what is wrong with there's, you there's i this show ended so well on the perfect note, and you right. just want more. You're just greedy. They stuck the land. I mean, in the same way, I have not seen Toy Story 4. 
Yeah. Because Toy Story 3 was the end of the arc of Andy's toys. And I'm just sort of like, that's it. They've moved on. They've they've completed their arc with this little boy. And that's the story of Andy's toys. And then they go, we got a fourth one. I'm like, I, I the arc is done as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to seeing Toy Story 4. I just have not felt the drive to watch it. It's all right. Honestly... By extending the story, they ruined the perfect ending. And that, that that's what I think a fourth season of Avatar would do. You know, when he goes in and says, what happened to my mother? And I'm, you know, I'm like, were they trying to lead into another series? Were they trying to just set up extended universe stuff? Uh, uh, that storyline is in the comics. Uh, it just, uh, it just seemed like, oh, they're leading into something else, but this is also the perfect ending. So I... You know, maybe Zuko was going to have a spinoff series. I don't know. I'd watch it. Uh, I mean, it's... I'd watch worse things, you know? Uh, I I don't want to talk too much about Korra, uh, because I kind of love Korra uh, more than Avatar. Whoa! I know. I know it's a shock. But uh, a lot of people hate a on take. it because it isn't as concise as the last airbender it's not this build up to one finale instead because the show was under threat of cancellation for four years it has four separate storylines and it actually reads a lot like a comic where like it's each each season is its own yeah and it has its own uh lessons well i i gotta wonder if i mean this thing is 15 years old i gotta wonder if this would get made today if this would be allowed to see it through to its ending today because a lot of what is driven whether or not a show stays on the air at Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon in the last 10 12 years has been does it sell toys can we merchandise this yeah that's what pays for the show this show the animation of this show there's no way this is cheap the whole time I'm watching this this series, I'm thinking, this does not look like TV grade animation. This is gorgeous, not just not just the drawings themselves, the way they move, the way they move the camera around. This is in depth technical animation. It is that is cinematic quality. This is like um, uh, Miyazaki kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the. Uh, I'm going to bring up something just from, because it's fresh in my mind, uh, the, the finale episodes when they're training to fight the fire Lord and they have like, like Toph is sending like the stone dummies yeah. at them. Uh, there's a shot where Zuko and um, Katara are running in and these dummies come around the, the, these rock people come around them and the whole camera spins around. We see the characters from every angle in motion, bending, uh, Katara slashing water, uh, fire. I mean, it just, it's amazing. And it's not even like a main part of the episode. No, it it's, it's a training montage in a kid's television show that they spent serious money and time on. They put so much money and care into this show that I'm thinking one season, they don't sell enough Avatar TV shirts t-shirts guess what we're canceling the tv show that was a real possibility i i and and i think at the time maybe at the time they were able to say let's make this show you have to let us make the entire show because we're doing this as one three season story 
Yeah. Um, but I would say that this also does not build to one climax. There is one overarching climax that they get to at the end, but they build up to multiple smaller goals as they go. You know, we're going to the Northern Water Tribe. Yeah. We're going to the Southern or the Western Air Temple. We're going here. We're going there. Um, but also like the first buildup is like to the eclipse. Yeah. You know, and then that happens and there's still like most of a season left. You know, uh, it's, it's yeah, very, I've always thought that was a weird choice. I like it though. I like it. Cause it's, it tells you we're building up to this and then Aang fails essentially, you know, or, yeah. or the group fails or, or they're tricked or, or something. And I think it's important to let your heroes fail. Yeah, um, I I think that's fair. I um, that's not the only time though. I think each season has its own build up and payoff because really each season has its own antagonist. Like the Fire Lord isn't even the main antagonist. No, he's barely in it. Really, when yeah. you when you really get down to it, you know, he's in the last episode. Is the only time we really see him do anything. He's controlling these people. Right. Like uh, the general um, in the first season. I, I can't know who remember you're talking his about. Name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, him, Azula, uh, Zuko. These people are all doing his bidding. It's not him who's out there fighting the Avatar. I, yeah, I think the most treacherous we see him before the very end is when he conspires to take the throne uh, from Iroh. Yeah. Uh, from, you know, has his father murdered and things like that. It's just sort of like, oh, okay, that's that's pretty hardcore, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, even in the first season, when we don't even see his face, we see what he does to Zuko. Right, right. Um, you, you, His own son, who is a child, he scars him for life with a and terrible just burn. Right. disowns him. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's pretty harsh. And and I love the, the part where Zuko calls him out on it. You know, where where he's like, what kind of a monster are you? You know, I was a kid. Like, I was a child and you burned me and banished me. Like, it's just, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's an interesting character that we don't see a lot of, but it's still, I think that speaks to what we said earlier about the character building of this show. We don't see the Fire Lord that much, but they, he's still interesting. They, yeah. they build, even if it's only like sort of this mythology around him. And we don't see him specifically a lot. You know a lot about him. You know what kind of a monster he is. Yeah. Comparing to Marvel real quick, because we did that before. Uh, Thanos is way less intimidating in most of the... Excluding the actual Avengers movies he's in. The parts where he's just like an end credit scene. Oh, yeah. And just a few mentions. Like, he is no threat at all. No one cares about him until he shows up in Infinity War. You, you know he's going to play some kind of big role, but, like, yeah, he's just there. He's just in these side scenes, yeah. you know. It, Avatar puts the work in. They show Right. Avatar the is showing you the story, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what Marvel does a lot is they'll just plug something into their movie and just kind of go, remember this, because in three movies, 
this guy's gonna come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's not it's about like what's a, happening now. It's a token you gotta cash in later. You you have right. You have to save all your Chuck E. Cheese tickets <laughs> and cash them in and get your big stuffed Thanos before you leave. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. Uh. We hit on animation. Let's let's talk about the art style of this. Um. Uh, aside from just uh, the action scenes being, uh, really in depth and and sort of having a quote unquote camera that moves around in yeah. in space the way it does, um, uh, the colors used the the Azula Zuko fight at the end is one of the most dynamic and beautiful things I've ever seen in in, so... an, in all of animation. That includes Pixar and all the top-notch computer-generated animation that that happens today uh, yeah it's amazing i mean even the music that plays in that scene right. is just sorrowful it's it's all cinematic uh, the scoring the the music of of this last episode it is they yeah. legitimately made a movie they the, they don't cut corners no but also um like you said in in the 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 firemasters episode with the dragons the dragons are animated really cool they yeah. look cool they're designed cool they're basically serpents yeah. and the way they they fly i mean it's it's a loop it's an animated loop but it's they're moving up and down they're it's like they're, a circle they're right they're doing this this sort of ripple uh Sokka is is riding that lizard to bossing say in this last episode too and they, there's a shot where it's snaking through the water. Oh, I love that and, shot. And we're just watching the, you know, them. they're talking on its back and we see them. And this yeah. thing is basically a background player in the scene. And they still give so much care to animate it so perfectly. I think, I mean, this show is just, it's, it's so much a cut above the normal animation that we get on TV. I, I think this show really just had everything right going for it yeah it came out at the right time it had an audience so it had funds um and that meant they could do everything they could do but i i would like to picture a universe where like avatar didn't get the respect it deserved and like it just died in season two or something like Imagine how sad that would be. I, I kind of think, I mean, the respect they deserved, I don't think this probably had the audience that you think it did. I think it's it's sort of grown and it has a cult following. If you look it up, you're going to see a lot of praise for it because people who watched it loved it. But it's a cable kid show. I, I think just a lot of people didn't really watch it. Hmm. it. It had a live action movie a few years ago that nobody saw. The people who did see it hated it. It's terrible. I... <laughs> I'm not even going to bother with it. Um, it. Maybe we should review it. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna veto that right now. I right. I don't care. I don't care about the live action TV show that's coming. <laughs> um, and I don't look if if somebody is excited about that live action show. Fine. Um, if if the live action show is going to bring a bigger audience to the cartoon good because i yeah. just think that cartoon deserves to be seen um but for me it's a lot like i've said this about the there's a snowpiercer tv show that i haven't watched and okay. i have i haven't watched that because i love the snowpiercer movie that story has been told to me 
in a way that I already think is damn near perfect. And I'm just going to let that exist in my mind that way. I don't yeah, need it. To, why, why mess with it? I don't need, right. And, and this is the same thing. I don't think this show can be done better live action. I think it works perfectly well as a cartoon. I think it's a, a damn near perfect TV series. I would put this up against any trilogy fantasy series uh, or any fantasy series straight up um, throughout all time. I mean, I would put this up against Lord of the Rings. I would put this up against the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, I would put this up against the Chronicles of Narnia. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not making a comparative like oh this knocks everything off the mountain. I'm saying yeah. I would put this in the same canon as a perfectly well told hero's journey story. I think I think this thing is great as it is. I'm I'm glad you think that because I'm I've never been sure if my oh Avatar is perfect if that's a bias because I watched it as a kid. But, like, knowing that at all ages anyone can watch this show and just see that it's good. I legitimately think this is a great television show. Not a great kid show. Not a great cartoon. I think this is a great fantasy television show that um, that people... We did watch this when you were kids. I never... Like I said, I never finished it. Yeah. Um, but people could watch this with their kids. If, if you, in the same way that people show their kids Star Wars at an age where they're right for, if your kid is old enough to watch Star Wars, I think your kid is old enough to watch Avatar The Last Air, Airbender. And if you want to watch a adventure series with your kid that you you are also going to enjoy, this is one I would, I would recommend this to anybody. I agree. And I, I, I don't think it's a bias of your childhood. I, I legitimately enjoy this this series. I will watch this again. I, I put this right up there. I'm already in a rewatch. <laughs> I am going to watch... Uh, I'm going to get to Korra. I'm going to uh, make you. Eventually. I need it to come to a streaming service. Okay. Um, but... Uh, uh, no, I've been curious about Korra, but I never watched it because uh, I hadn't finished Avatar yet. Oh, uh, something just struck me totally random, but one thing, the only thing I can think of that Avatar didn't do perfectly is pirates. Like, it's the one thing, I just find their pirates so stereotypical. Yeah. Like, they did all of the other nations and world building so much better that I just feel like they went a little too cartoonish with that episode. And it's just one episode, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you can do with pirates that is in any way like reinventing the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, you want them to be recognize, recognizable as pirates. Yeah. You kind of have to stereotype them in one way or another. You know what I mean? Like, this is a pirate. This is a scurvy dog. You know, whatever whatever sure. you want it to be. Um I just feel like they could have mixed it with the world, like maybe make them water benders or a mix of different sure. kind of benders. Sure, they could they could have like some rogue benders of one kind or another. Yeah, um, through there. Sure, we could go through and we could nitpick little things that we didn't <laughs> we didn't really care for. 
Um, overall, it doesn't impact. The overall, story. I think I you know I I think you know you can nitpick Star Wars too. Yeah. You know, Star Wars is sort of my gold standard trilogy, um, and I think this works similarly as a trilogy for the three seasons. But um, yeah, I if you want some, fair. if you want some uh, some stuff that is related to uh, related to this extended universe kind of stuff, uh, I'm going to throw out here Avatar: The Last Puppet Bender. It is a <laughs> uh, Kind of recreation of Avatar, uh, told with puppets. It's on I've YouTube. It. Uh, check it out. And I believe they made some chorus stuff too. Um, I I think that same. There's also a puppet Harry Potter. I think it's oh, really? done by the same people. I I will look it up. It I will put it in the. I will put it in the in the description for this episode. Um, okay. Do you have a, a shout out for somebody? We're we're gonna finish up with a couple of other things uh, before we get out of here. But do you have a shout out right now? I do. I'm on TikTok and I follow a lot of Avatar creators, but one specific guy is DK Film Guy, um, and he just has the best insight on this show. He you is, say Avatar creator? Did he work on the show, or he's like an Avatar? Oh, sorry, no, he's an Avatar fan creator. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Um, he is working his way through the series. He's currently on season two, and he is analyzing each episode. And it's just one-minute clips, but he'll show a funny little scene, and then he'll be like, this is why it relates to the characters, and this is why this is the best moment of this episode, or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, I, I just think he has some really cool thoughts. What's his handle again? That's DK. Film guy. Okay, DK film guy. Uh, I I will link that in the description as well. Uh, and Avatar: The Last Puppet Bender. Before we get out of here, I have my live action Avatar series. My fan casting. Uh, are are you? Do you know who's going to be actually in the show? Uh, no, they they have already cast it. Uh, the first season at least, but have they, they haven't released. They haven't it. announced it. Okay. Here's here's my uh, here's my dream cast here. Okay. All right. In the role of Aang, Mos Def, uh, you know him as Ford Prefect from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, okay. rapper, actor, yep, and and I want him to uh, take this all with a grain of salt. I'm not okay. being totally serious here. He's uh, not Asian, Dad. I know he's not Asian, uh, uh, but... He's also uh, 40 or something. <laughs> yep, uh, but he's, he's also, a, because he's uh, primarily a rapper, uh, he can also do... Word bending, where he bends words into rhymes and maybe speaks in, in rhymes all the time. Words are kind of air. Words are kind of air. It all works together. Katara has the biggest eyes in the world, so she should be played by Anne Hathaway. Uh Sok- Sokka as the comic relief. I have comedian Jim Gaffigan uh, playing Sokka. Oh my god. Maybe he's constantly eating Hot Pockets and throwing boomerangs. I, I'd like to throw in a different Jim. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Ooh, Jim Carrey. I feel like he fits Sokka's body a language li- more. A little bit, yes. Uh, act, yeah, very physical, for sure. Uh, good call. Uh, Toph, I have Numi Rapace, the Swedish actress. She played the girl with the dragon tattoo in the, the Millennium series. She's done a couple other things. She was in one of the Sherlock Holmes movies. Uh, kind of emo girl, hair in her face a lot. Yeah, just, yeah, maybe a, maybe a good fit. Uh, I want Appa to be played by Ron Perlman. I just, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And 
And Zuko, I want to be played by Kim Jong from, uh, or Ken Jong from uh, Community. Plays El, El Tigre. Oh, oh. The, <laughs> the, the, the Spanish, Spanish teacher. teacher. Yes. yes. <laughs> A comedian, uh, Ken Jong. Uh, I thought, <laughs> just, uh, just for fun, just to put some ridiculous people uh, who are way too old to play these roles into, uh, and way too <laughs> wrong. But uh, yeah, that's that's my pretty. Any anybody anybody else that you have, I real or joking uh, that that you think would be good in any of these roles? I don't know. Honestly, if they can act, that's sure. good enough for me. But also the Rock. The Rock needs to play the boulder. I, I think The Rock should play the boulder, for sure. Yeah. And he probably will, because he's in everything. And also, uh, okay, if you've seen the show, you know uh, the play episode, the recap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should have talked about that. <laughs> I I want, um, what's his name? The director of the live-action movie. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan? M. Night Shyamalan. I want him to come back to direct that episode. Ooh. Interesting. They could maybe even make fun of the movie or just have him direct it. I ha, feel like ha, that would well, be... He could play the director of the play. That would be I good, too. He could also do that, yeah. Sokka giving him tips. <laughs> uh, maybe you should direct my character this way. Or what if he sees dead people? Uh, are you excited about the live-action show? Uh, I am. I doubt Or that curious it... at all, I yeah. guess maybe is a better I, word. I kind of doubt that it'll live up to the original show but sure i'm invested in this extended universe all right yeah fair enough uh one last question if you could be a bender which one which element uh, air air nomad air nomad i would be an air nomad what is it about the air that makes makes you uh it's Honestly, it's less about the air, more of the lifestyle. They get to travel. Interesting. They get to meditate. Yeah. Also, all of them are benders. It's not like an optional thing. All. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sort of born into that, you're, you know, one of the chosen ones. They're very spiritual people. You wonder, are they taken from other tribes? Ooh, maybe. Interesting. There's a lot not said about them. That's true. I, uh, I think I would go with Earth. I think I would be an earthbender. Okay, I I have you pegged as an earth or a fire. I think yeah. I mean, I like to hike. I'm always on the ground. Yeah. There's always there's plenty of it. You know, you can yeah. control what's going on around you. You can block people. You know, right now I want a six foot distance from people. Boom! <laughs> Throw a wall up instantly. Yeah. Uh, would you be a metal bender? Uh, if I could, if if I could figure out how to do it, for sure. It, I mean. Like, I would want to bend every, whatever you bend, I think you would want to bend it, you'd want to at least know how to bend as much of, you know, to the furthest extent that you could. Yeah. I mean, if you're a waterbender, yeah, maybe blood bending is unethical, but you would at least want to know how to do it, right? I, you've, you've mentioned to me that you think earthbenders should be able to uh, blood bend too, and honestly. Because there's metal in your blood. I, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to bend somebody's whole body because there's, you know, minerals and such yeah. in there. So, yeah. It's an interesting idea. Yeah. How far could you take it? And could the most powerful benders, you know, sort of tap into that in in a certain way? I don't know. Uh, I guess we probably rambled about this for long enough. 
We, we could do it for longer. We could probably do an episode-by-episode episode breakdown. We probably could have launched an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast where we did I, each episode. Let's do it. We, uh... It's... Not too late. I'm not opposed to it, but um, maybe as maybe as a, a side hustle to this when we uh, let me get through NaNoWriMo month. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before NaNoWriMo month, I guess that's like ATM machine. Um, but yeah, I think uh, is there anything in, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to to hit on real quick? Uh, not really. Okay, that's our thoughts on on Avatar, Avatar the Last Airbender. Please watch it. Uh, you won't be sorry if you have children and they are looking for a great adventure show to watch. I highly recommend. What else are you doing with your life? Exactly, right now? you guys are all in the house together. Come on, sixty six episodes, well worth your time. Austin, tell the people where they can find you. They can find me at austin.n.rude. I'm on TikTok and Instagram. And if you're an Avatar fan, you definitely want to follow me because I make a lot of Avatar fan art. It's true. Austin is uh, you're doing a painting an episode, right? I am. I'm currently only at eight episodes in. But yeah, I, I want to paint one picture for each episode. Long way to go. Uh, you need to start getting them on Instagram and uh tagging him but yes please follow him he's doing some great work uh of just kind of screenshots from avatar if you are a fan highly advise i am phil rude and i'm at philrude.com i am trying to post on my blog a little bit more and i also have links to all my social media and everything i'm working on there that is going to do it for the picture show with austin and phil rude thanks for hanging with us for this long episode about a uh, TV show we are obviously very passionate about. And we will talk to you next time. See ya. It's not our theme music. Uh, it, it kind of is. Okay, anyway. <laughs>